Hello there and welcome into the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Meller, and we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. Today, we have the epitome of what is a career competitor in that of Danielle Mills Walden, a former world-class tennis player turned CEO of her own company, Headstrong. But before I start telling you more about Danielle and all the work that she's doing today, let me tell you about Firstly, careercompetitor.com. That's right. If you go to the website, careercompetitor.com, you'll find all the information you need to arrange a 30-minute free consultation with me so that we can sit down and you can have that opportunity just to tell me about maybe how someone like myself can be of use to you. It's an opportunity for you to just express what you're maybe struggling with, areas within your career and within your life that you feel as though you're capable of more And I can outline some sort of plan and some sort of ideas of how we can maybe start to move forwards collaboratively. So I would love to do that. You can always just contact me directly, steve at careercompetitor.com to set up that consultation. But while you're here, make sure you're clicking that fifth star if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and whatever platform you're listening to us, make sure you're subscribing and following the show. Now, Danielle Mills Walden joins us. Like I said, a former world-class professional tennis player. She had a 10-year career as a professional. And then she moved into life after sport around 2014, where she has now put herself in a place where she's created her own company, Headstrong. And Headstrong, much like what I offer with Career Competitor, is a coaching service that helps people improve their mindset so they can reach their full potential in life. Now, why would I bring on someone who's so similar to myself? Well, there's plenty of room for both of us. Let's put it that way. And as far as I'm concerned, this is an opportunity to learn what it means to have a champion's mindset because Danielle's background is that of being a world-class tennis player for 10 years, professional tennis player where she traveled the world and she learned what it meant to compete with the very best at what they do. She's taken those same lessons and same principles and brought them now into the work that she's doing with her company and helping the clients that she works with as well. At the end of the day, bringing on someone like Danielle is a no-brainer because it's an opportunity for a coach like me to be challenged and to learn. Iron sharpens iron. What a great opportunity this particular episode is for you as the listener to just hear from a coach who sees a lot of things like I do, but presents them in a slightly different way. That is always an essential part of growth. How do you hear different perspectives from people with similar intentions? So that's what we're doing here today with Danielle. And I really encourage you to pay attention to the processes behind the work that she does. Very process oriented, which as far as I'm concerned, yes, it can definitely separate an athlete from being a champion and maybe missing out but at the same time this is about day-to-day living this is about the essentials to be successful and optimize performance within life so be paying attention to these sort of day-to-day principles that can definitely be the type of game changer to set you on your path to performing at levels that you've maybe never even contemplated you were capable of what a great opportunity it is on this particular episode to be listening to a true version of a career competitor in that of Danielle Mills Walden. And I'm excited for her to join us here, and I hope you enjoy. 
Well, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome in Danielle Mills Walden to the Career Competitor Podcast. Firstly, we're talking on a Monday evening. How is your Monday and how are you? Thank you so much, uh, Steve, for having me on this podcast. I'm super excited to be here, excited to talk to you. Monday has been crazy, but I like to start all of my Mondays by saying it's a great day to be great because it's how mm. we start off the week is makes such a difference. So no matter how the Monday is going to go, I always just start it off by saying it's a great day to be great. And I kind of repeat that as I'm laying in bed before I get up, before I even start. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And here we are right off the bat. We are immediately starting in this frame of, of thought, this frame of conversation where this this whole interview is going to be today because not only are you a, a former athlete, uh, you are someone today that is very much lighting this fire within people and that's what we're about in this show, but really lighting this fire within people to incorporate this champion mindset and, and really explaining and emphasizing to so many people what it means to not only implement that, but the benefits that can come with it and you've got all these different feathers in your cap too when it comes to just branding and all these other areas i'm so excited to hear more about it instead of me trying to sort of dance around it why don't you just go ahead and put our listeners out of their misery listen to me and tell everybody what it is you do danielle yeah so basically i am a mindset coach i'm the ceo and founder of headstrong which is um my company and basically what i help people do is if they're feeling stuck, if they're feeling stagnant, if they feel like they're not reaching their potential, I kind of help them push past that to get to be the best version of them. And basically that's all around the champion's mindset framework, which stems from my background being a professional tennis player and doing that for a number of years. So I was a pro tennis player for about 10 years, traveled all over the world, all different countries, did that for so long. And Literally my entire upbringing since I was two to age, well, I want to say 14 is when I turned professional every single day, I was spending maybe four or five hours on the physical training that I was doing, but one and a half to two hours every day was spent on the mental side of things. And I just consider that to be normal because, well, not really normal, but I was just consider that my everyday life because I was training. I was going to a world-renowned sports academy called IMG Academies, which is in Florida. And we were doing this every single day. And I didn't realize that once I kind of ended up retiring from tennis, which was because of some injuries, mm -hmm. um, that mindset training that I was doing every single day to get me in the best mental state to be a pro athlete could be translated over to help everyday people with their lives and just how I, my outlook on things being so different. So that's kind of where I decided to create Headstrong is like this company that I could kind of leverage that and to help everybody else. So it's kind of like a high level of, over, of everything. <laughs> I love it. Well, you immediately bring up something that is, uh, well, for, for me as a former world-class athlete too, to be able to immediately reference something that to you in that time felt like the norm which to the average person is so far from the norm something like an hour and a half to two hours a day working on your mental approach developing that strength and let's be honest if if you know i don't even need to know how old you are right now to sort of do the math a little bit here and think okay you retired in 2014 you were doing this when you were in your teens you were very much ahead of your time in terms of this sort of stuff. This is only stuff that's really come to the forefront here in the last five, six years. So tell me, where did this passion, this desire to really work on your craft of the mental side of the game, where did that come from? You know, it's interesting you asked me that is 
when I retired from tennis and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, I was talking to people. They were always telling me like, Danielle, you're so positive. You're always looking at things glass, glass half full. The way you kind of look at life is just so different. And even my friends and people around me, you know, they would make excuses or complain. And I, and that's just something that in my upbringing just wasn't tolerated. You had to like have a solution or you weren't even allowed to let those thoughts into your mind. So as I kind of recognize like, wow, there's so many people today that are sabotaging themselves and they don't even realize it. I could probably provide a service and give them tools and tricks and things that they could do that could help them not do that to themselves. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. It was a hundred percent. Like I didn't expect to even go in this direction, but really the, the market was kind of what was kind of telling me this also, I started really posting heavily on LinkedIn, which is a platform that I, I'm obsessed with. I speak a lot about, and I started putting videos out there about mindset, about mentality and things. And the, the influx of messages I was getting from people was so much. that so I was like, whoa, there's something here I could tap into because people were desperately wanting solutions and wanting um, avenues to help improve because everyday people have so many negative thoughts that just go out throughout the day that if they're actually conscious of them and they can make adjustments, it could really change their lives. Yeah. And you are very much speaking my language here, just from a, a sense of addressing the fact that we are carrying so much internally at times. It's uh, sadly, we don't have either have the confidence or the support system to feel as though we can vocalize it and, and, and speak it out. And I think so much of where this entire process that you obviously offer within your service starts is the willingness to participate, the willingness to simply speak up and, and start to really admit that, okay, I do have some stuff festering. I have some things deep within me that are holding me back. So with that being said, what do you tend to find are the common sort of one or two that people are most likely to come to you and say, this is, I know you mentioned a couple of things there, just being stuck and all that sort of stuff. But tell me a little bit, what, what, what are those common tendencies that people bring to your attention? I think there's two really big ones. One is limiting beliefs. So like not um, feeling like they can be the version, like they don't, they're like basically holding themselves back. Like there's, they're, they're nitpicking aspects about themselves that, when you hear it externally seem very small, seem very solution oriented, like we can attack those things, but the person that's dealing with it, they're very big items and it's really much so like hurting them and it's impacting everything, their self-esteem, their body language, how they talk with people, how they address a room, everything is just because of the way they're telling themselves about themselves. And a lot of that can stem from their childhood, stem from an important figure in their life, whether it be a parent, a teacher, a coach, saying certain things to them that they've just held on throughout their life. And then when they're faced with certain obstacles or certain adversities, it's that, no, you, you'll never be good enough or you can't do this or, oh, like, I can't believe you think that you would get this opportunity. Just like people, when they're faced with these things, immediately think of the worst. And it's just amazing that, you know, being able to train somebody that the second you start thinking those thoughts, immediately combat that with something positive, something that you're grateful for, something you're thankful for, and kind of like shifting the energy makes all that difference. Yeah, yeah. So those limiting beliefs, you you, you mentioned that. Um, and what I, what I find fascinating about this concept of limiting beliefs, you said something there about things that are close to the individual. And, and I, I do think that a lot of the time, 
again, to put my coach's hat on myself here a little bit, you know, a lot of the time, a lot of the time, people's worlds seem enormous to them. They see that their entire world seems enormous to them. And when someone like yourself can come along and be that soundboard to begin with, suddenly these things, these mountains, so to speak, I don't want to devalue this. I don't want this to be a mountains and molehills kind of thing, but just to just to kind of take this concept of something that is so huge and so close to them can immediately start to seem a little bit more realistic to handle, something a little bit smaller, something that they can maybe get grips with when they start to just speak it out. Because once you share it with someone else, okay, it's not so it's not so close to me anymore. It doesn't seem so massive anymore. It's now this thing that if it was a limiting belief, I can say, okay, just by simply meeting with someone like Danielle to begin with, I'm immediately addressing the fact that this isn't limiting me as much just by engaging in that initial conversation. So for you, looking at those initial conversations that you have, how quickly does that momentum start to maybe kick in when they acknowledge like, hey, I'm opening up about this thing for the first time? Yeah, I'd say that it begins to happen pretty quickly, but it can take a couple sessions to really sink in. Um, really like them putting it out there is one, but sometimes it takes so much to even get somebody to fully be transparent about what they're feeling and what they're experiencing because there's so much like body armor there trying to like not showcase a, a perceived weakness or a perceived um thing about themselves. So it can take some time, but literally every single person that really reveals what's holding them back, what's preventing them from moving forward, feels this weight lifted off of them when they do that. And then like you were mentioning, when we can look at that item and say, okay, let's, let's address this right here and let's attack it, have a game plan for it. And then put little things in place every single day that we can do to kind of slowly change the way that you perceive yourself. And, and that's huge because it, things don't just change overnight. It takes time. And just like when you're an athlete and you're playing a sport, you're practicing every single day, little things are building to get you the result that you want. The same when it comes to your mindset training, it, it, it does take time, but by making that initial start of taking action, recognizing it's something that needs to be done is huge, but being able to stay, stay with the program is super important. And then people start to feel better and they start gaining that confidence. Yeah. And that's the journey. That's the journey towards that championship mindset. You know, again, champions aren't born overnight and there's never going to be this, there's never going to be a one, one piece of advice or one tip that you provide in the first session or two that's be like, Oh, I'm a champion now. You know, it's, it takes so much time and, you know, committing to that game plan, as you said, uh, is, is certainly the way to go, the way to get started. But what we've talked about so far is all about where these things begin, how these things are discovered and you're here to talk about being a champion, that sort of end result, if you will, climbing the mountain, getting to the top. For you, what sort of characteristics maybe stand out over the years, having been doing what you've been doing now for a couple of years? What sort of things start to stand out to you or come to mind when you think, hey, when I work with people like this, they have these types of characteristics that make them capable of becoming a champion? Yeah, I think number one is to be coachable, to be open to receiving feedback, to receive that that criticism, because that criticism is going to be be constructive. It's not going to just me telling them like, oh, you're not this, you're not that. No, there's very constructive criticism that goes into this, but also being willing to step out of that comfort zone. There's going to be so many times in a session where I may say, okay, for the next seven days, I'm going to have you write in your gratitude journal seven things every morning that you're grateful for. And if somebody's never done something like that before, or been consistent about something that could be very tough, but mm. 
they're going to have to, you know, be coachable, but be willing to be out of their comfort zone because by doing activities like that, it's going to start training their, their mind to start thinking of gratitude, what we're grateful for, how thankful we are for, you know, even being here. And, and then kind of it, it eliminates you from focusing on other things. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it, but those two things are really huge when it comes to the right characteristics. Um, open, be somebody with an open mind who is going to be receptive to things. That's something that's really important as well. Um, when it comes to, if you're, if you're deciding that you want to make a change for your life, you need to do something different that you haven't done before and, and take direction from, you know, someone that you haven't. So it's a number of things, but the majority of them is tied to just being, being open and being willing to learn and to absorb the information and not deflect it and be kind of anti just receiving it. Yeah. It's kind of that, like every idea is a good idea sort of approach at first, like understanding, like, listen, as coaches we need we need the client to speak up and just let their let their guard down and, and provide the information uh but then as coaches you know as we as we start to move through this process as we work through this game plan like you said you know we have these opportunities to provide a little bit of insight that may be difficult to hear and and, and to recommend going down a specific path that may be difficult to get started and and those are the times where you need to be listening to your coach be coachable you know be willing to try something new uh, you know, these are just such awesome, awesome ideas and, and certainly I, um, certainly principles that make up a champion. And something you, you mentioned there in terms of tools, that gratitude journal being one, what are, what, what are the sort of tools do you tend to lean on maybe through your coaching practice to work with clients? Yeah, so the gratitude is something that's really big. I also like to focus with my clients on developing a morning routine. That's yes. something that's really, really big because... I also like when I'm kind of doing my initial conversations with them, I'm asking them, okay, talk to me about your morning routine. Talk to me about your night routine. If they're like, wait, what's that? Or, oh, I don't have one. I'm like, excellent. This is an opportunity that we can, you know, work together on developing. What does it look like? Do we wake up? Do we decide for the next week? You know, you're going to wake up at 6 a.m. You're going to spend the first 20 minutes focusing on your gratitude, the next 30 minutes on, you know, working out. Maybe after that, the next 30 minutes kind of, manifesting and visualizing what your day could look like or what your goals are and just kind of putting in place something. And with everybody, it's different. So it depends on the person, what their goals are, but some type of routine that we can consistently do. And then checking in regularly with the person to see how they are, um, how they are receiving this information. Cause for many people, it's like the first time they're doing something and with any habit, it takes time to build up to become something normalized, but it's usually such a positive result because that routine is so pivotal. Like going back to sports and, you know, you understand this, like every athlete has a, has a routine that they do before a game or a routine that they do. And that routine is important because that's like their preparation. So then their body no longer is thinking about it. It just kind of autopilot does that routine and it makes them ready to perform. And in life, if you kind of give yourself these morning routines, it makes you prepared for these big items in your day, whether it be a presentation or an interview or, you know, something that you're are meeting or something like if you, if you have these routines in place, it makes you that much more ready to attack those things. And it just helps you overall look at life different. Yeah. I love all this because for, for, for me, it's when you look at things through the lens of, a, of an athlete, people hear these terms like routine you know, and and they assume okay, th these are associated with elite performance. But the fact of the matter is, 
everyone's version of performance in many ways. They're aspiring to be elite. They're aspiring to do things that they've maybe never done before. So they have to have a routine, something that they can rely upon from a consistency standpoint and say, okay, I know when when push comes to shove and there's something on the line and it may be something as simple as I got a 10-minute presentation today that has to go well. You know, something as simple that may seem, sorry, as simple as that to the individual is a big deal. Maybe there's a, an opportunity to, to, you know, build upon their career maybe there's an opportunity to get an opportunity that they didn't even know was available to them you know all these little things can come from having that confidence and reassurance like hey i have a routine i have my go-to routine that means that i know that something's on the line and that it's time for me to get in that right frame of mind so love all of this um but this show is called career competitor so i have to assume when you're at the top of the when you're at top of a world sport like tennis for 10 years that's a long time that there must be a competitor in there somewhere so with that with, with that being said talk to me a little bit about talk to me a little about today what does the competitor in you today look like it's it's almost an easy answer if i were to ask you from the the perspective of a tennis player so talk to me a little bit about the businesswoman the entrepreneur what does it mean to be competitive to you now well that's a Interesting question. I don't think I've ever been asked that specifically, which I love. Um, <laughs> it's super different for me now. Honestly, like when I was a pro tennis player, tennis is an individual sport. You're trying to beat everybody. You're traveling all over mm-hmm. the world. You're dealing with, you know, all of these intense females, all these different countries, and you're trying to instill fear into people so that they are coming out of the court and they're, you know, nervous to play against you. You're trying to get any type of advantage you can. You're you're basically doing anything that's, you know, legal, of course, to try to win. <laughs> and now being as a, you know, an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, I find that like my competitiveness is, is still there, but I feel like an aspect of my self that's really leveled up is my ability to be a team player, to collaborate, to want what's best for others. That's really changed a lot. When I was um, a tennis player, it was more about me. It was focusing on myself, my career, everything about me. Now that I'm in this space and I'm working with clients, I'm collaborating with people like yourself and just in, in this world trying to navigate, I find that the more um, the more helpful I can be, the more value I can add, the more collaboration I can do, the better. And then people like reciprocate. So it's instead of like, I'm trying to beat this person, like I'm you know, if there's another coach that's doing maybe something similar to me, me trying to like beat them or what it's different. Like now yeah. I'm like, okay, how can maybe I do something a little bit different than them? How can I like maybe leverage and, and collaborate with them? And then our audiences can benefit. And it's just like a very different approach. I feel like since I've been an entrepreneur, um, but I am obviously in competition always with myself and trying to be the best version of me and with my own goals and things that I'm trying to do year over year, quarter over quarter, I'm always trying to push myself to be the best I can be so I can be the best I can for my clients. But to answer your question, it's a lot more, me more of a team player and trying to, to, to really um, collaborate with others. Yeah, and that that internal competitiveness is an answer we get a lot, obviously, on the show. And it, but it all it speaks to everyone differently. Everyone has their own version of that. And uh, you know, there was a time when I was very harsh on myself in terms of that relationship that I've had, and I've I've come to treat myself very differently, let's say, these days. Um, but it, the collaborative ideal, the team player mindset. That speaks to me on all levels because for me, I'm I you, you've got a year or so on me in this entrepreneur space, so I've been overwhelmed by the willingness 
for people to support and, and support one another. Because for me, I've I've always had that mindset of, hey, there's room for everyone at the table. You know, everyone. This, if if everyone in the world needs coaching, you can't tell me there's not enough coaches to go around. There's plenty of coaches. There's plenty of coaches to go around, and plenty of clients to go around for those coaches. So, it isn't a like, oh, if I get if I don't get this client, somebody else gets this client type of mindset. It is a growth mindset. It's a collaborative mindset, and to your point like even just you and i as fellow coaches hopping on a on a podcast like this and just talking this content is going to do something for someone as well this this collaborative effort of ours right now is actually helping someone someone's listening to this and they're like oh that's a great point that either steve or danielle made that's great and that and for me that's because you and i are bringing that content out of one another and that's collaboration in my opinion at its absolute best when people are bringing the best out of one another. So I love that answer. So for you, that was a question you've never been asked. And for me, on this show, that was an answer that we've never gotten before. So we're, we're, we're crushing it. We're crushing it. I love it. Yes. Um, well, t- well, you know, keeping on competitiveness to a certain extent, you talked about the internal um, efforts and the quarter on quarter, year on year mindset. What does it look to you now, Danielle, to sort of continue on the path that you're on? Like how, how greater of an impact are you still trying to strive towards? What does growth look like for you now as a business? Just talk to us a little bit about the future now. Yeah. So at the end of uh, 2021 and the beginning of 2022 is when my business started taking it more of a shift where I started working more with companies. I was working primarily with, you know, specific individuals on their specific mindset needs and as of recent, like I was mentioning, like more and more organizations and companies started reaching out, wanting to partner with me so I could do, you know, talks for them or workshops for them. And, and that was a shift because I had to, you know, pivot quickly, figure out how, okay, how am I going to make this framework for bigger company things? But it just really opened my eyes to, wow, there's a need in the market for these services at a bigger scale. So my goal is to kind of continue to work with, you know, bigger and bigger companies, bigger organizations. I'm I've worked recently with the USCA, which is tennis and also the um, NHL, which is hockey. So I'm like, oh, maybe there's an avenue to kind of kind of niche myself in a sports aspect, sports um, organizations. But but really, it's just a matter of um, being open and ready to receive any opportunity. Like I'm that person going back to LinkedIn where, you know, people are in your inbox all the time trying to sell you things. I'm the person that's like like scrolling through my messages and seeing what opportunities am I overlooking? Is there something here that I'm not taking advantage of? Because so many people just glance at stuff. They don't, they don't really entertain it, but I've gotten so many opportunities because of that platform and because of being open to just a conversation, taking it off of the platform. And I'm like, wow, I need to make sure that I'm not missing out on opportunities that are there for me and for headstrong this year. So Biggest thing is just trying to be open to more and open to more collaborations. Well, this entire this entire interview and specifically the insight you provided has now gone full circle because if you were paying attention, so much of what you are asking and and, and expecting from your clients, you walk the walk. You're doing it all yourself, and you know that desire to to work on you, to grow, uh, to invest in other opportunities that are only going to probably challenge you at first, but then give you that opportunity to grow even further, introduce you to more opportunities. You know that's what it's all about. It's what I love about this show is that I make sure that I don't bring people on that are just going to talk the talk. I need examples of how you walk the walk, and you just gave some great ones right there. So I love it. I love it, um, Danielle. Before I let you go. We, we, this, this specific year, 2022, we've had a lot of entrepreneurs on 
And I, I love it as a, as a fellow entrepreneur. I love it. And, and the conversation is always different every single time. So before I let you go, I, I'd love just your insight of how you think this championship mindset truly facilitates an entrepreneur. Like what, what is it about that championship mindset that allows, let's say, you as an entrepreneur to become the success and the growing success that you are and maybe how that, how that can be of help to others? Yeah, I truly believe that the champion mindset that I've created and facilitated is 100% the reason why I've achieved the success that I've achieved. And I can probably attribute it to three specific things. Number one, it's made me incredibly focused on preparation and on you know making sure that no matter what opportunity I'm in front of, what, what person I'm meeting with, talking to, that I'm prepared for that. And that really stemmed from, from tennis as well, being prepared, being organized. Number two, the, the routines that I've set are still routines that I use to this day. I'll give you an example of one, like before I have anything big, I will in the morning, I will on my Spotify playlist, listen to eighties music, which is specifically George Michael. I listen to George Michael. There you go. Good taste. taste. And, and it just gets me so happy and ready. And I kind of repeat to myself, like I was telling you, like, it's a great day to be great. You're going to crush this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And I like hype myself up and I did that so much as an athlete, but I continue to do that as an entrepreneur. And I continue to teach that, even though it makes people feel weird if they're like, screaming things out or hyping themselves up. No, like that's the the energy you need to kind of attack whatever you're going to be put in front of. So those are a couple of things. And then, then lastly, the champion's mind is so tied to goals. So, so much tied to goal setting and putting something down on paper, making sure it's in a place that you can see it on a day-to-day basis and making sure that we're revisiting those goals early and often because if the goals aren't big enough, there's a good chance that you may hit those goals before the time frame is up. So reassessing them and making sure they're really, really big. So those are just three little areas that, that I focus on when it comes to champions mindset. But really, I think anybody that's listening to this podcast can be a champion and have a champion's mindset. Whether you are an athlete or not, you can be a champion in whatever you're doing. It's just about being committed and being focused and having the right game plan and getting with a coach like you or myself that can help kind of lead you to that is super important. Oh, couldn't, couldn't have said it better. Couldn't have said it better. And for, for me, you know, this show is all about the optimal self. For you, it's all about the championship mindset. Different words, similar message. Similar, yes. um, but but for the most part, like just some awesome takeaways. And again, if, if, if you're paying attention to anything, pay attention to those last three pieces of insight of preparation, routine, and goal setting. Those three things will really take you a long way in life entrepreneur or not whatever your career whatever your path may be those are three things that are very much worth hanging your hat on for sure uh danielle let everybody know where they can learn more about you about the company before i let you go thank you um so you can go to headstrongmind.com that is our website you can see all of our services you can see um, our podcast you can connect with me and then also i'm on all social media platforms. So the easiest way is just to search for Danielle Mills Walden and I will pop up. And that's the easiest way to to, to connect with me everywhere. But I, I hope I can connect with you guys. Perfect. Perfect. Well, well, we'll put all the information in the show notes. And I knew it was going to be a great interview the moment we obviously got online and realized we're wearing the same color t-shirts today. It was like the universe, the universe put us together to have this conversation today. So that's why it was such a great a great time for, for for me, certainly. So I really appreciate you, Danielle, joining us on the show. And uh, best of luck with everything moving through the second half of the year. And yeah, thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks, everyone. Enjoy your day.
And my thanks again to Danielle for joining us on the show today. And I'm going to keep my closing remarks here short and sweet because I want to pick something out here that is unique to this particular episode because a lot of what we talked about here with Danielle, again, as I mentioned in the outset, similar intentions to myself, but certainly different perspectives. So I'm sure there was plenty of things along the way that really spoke to you and that you're going to be taking from this particular episode. But the unique element that I thought that she provided here today was how she defined competitiveness as a collaborative act. This is something that, again, having spoken to a lot of champions of what it is they do, and obviously Danielle is is here talking about what it means to have a championship mindset. We've had so many champions on the show, and so often when we talk about competitiveness, it's always that internal drive, that internal competitor. I found it to be really insightful the way Danielle addressed collaboration and what is best for others because that's a really important part of collaboration it's never easy to understand it's never clearly defined who's bringing what to the particular part of the collaboration but if we go in with the intentions of what is best for one another whether it's two people collaborating or many many more if we've got one another's best interests at heart that collaboration's always going to be at its best optimal collaboration at its finest with people just prioritizing great outcomes for everybody involved so for her to look at competitiveness that way for her to perform and to optimize what it is she does as a businesswoman as an entrepreneur as a coach for her to look at it that way in other words i cannot do this on my own i will always be better in numbers is just very cool very different and unique to this particular episode, which is why I felt the need to really re-emphasize it here on the back end. So ask yourself how you can maybe find competitive elements within your workdays that mirror this collaborative perspective, because I know it will facilitate you as an individual and have this lasting impact across so many others, the more and more you do it as well. So I appreciate you joining us and my thanks again to Danielle for joining us on the show before you leave click that fifth star on your way out if you're listening to us on apple podcasts subscribe follow us on the show and be sure to reach out to me steve at careercompetitor.com with any insight you have on this episode if you'd like a free consultation or if you just want to chat i'm always open to networking i'm always here to talk so appreciate you guys listening i look forward to speaking with you all again very soon and bye for now